Oh, there we go. Welcome back to episode 39, 38, maybe of Friday Night Counter Attack. I've lost track this summer, so I do apologize to all of our loyal listeners that have been listening this summer. There have been some, um, it's just been one of those times when you're in the summer, you're enjoying it, and you're like, oh, it's podcast time in the week. Let's get, <laughs> let's get it going. And I thought I'd bring back one of our fan favorites, Big Kez from Two Maggies Up Top. Come so, on, let's go. It's all good today, Kez. How you been? You okay? Yeah, all good, man. Same old. Um, well, actually, you know, it's been a bad start to the season, so I've not been great, but otherwise good. <laughs> yeah, that's all good. I'm wearing my Jaden Sancho top because it's uh, we just reacted to the Euro uh, European Champions League draw as well. So you saw it just before we came on air. So let's get let's go through the draw just to start the show off. We're going to be talking about Ronaldo to Man City potentially, and we're going to be talking about uh, the upcoming Premier League game. So everyone that's listening, it's just pure football today. There's no mental health talk. There's no exterior motive. There's no other guests. It's just two football hosts just talking about football. What you love to see and for me kind of getting back into the groove of podcasting after this long summer that we've had since the euro so let's get into it kez how do we see this european champions league get um season going because the way i see it and the way a few of my friends have just discussed with me over the last couple of hours the favorites seem to be english again i would say from the teams and the squads that we've looked at and the groups that we've just looked at as well chelsea man city and liverpool by munich maybe are kind of the uh, standouts for me that I would say, but I know uh, uh, Nagelsmann has been struggling, but Bayern Munich in the Champions League are a bit of a different animal. But what are your first thoughts on, on the groups that you've just seen? Bro, my first thoughts are if PSG don't win it, something's wrong. To have <laughs> Messi, Neymar, obviously Mbappe could leave. He could but, leave. Yeah, Ramos, the guys they've signed, Donnarumma, Hakimi, they've got to be up there with the favourites this year. Um, obviously the, the British teams have looked strong over recent years and they do look strong once again nice easy group for United so they should get through to knockout stages I don't really fancy them to, to win it but yeah no the English teams look strong yeah I'd, I'd say Man United should get through to that um, to that round of 16 it's the, it's the fact that when you look at the teams on paper they don't look like the big, biggest the best of teams but we lost to Villarreal Atlanta are known for their expansive football and young boys we beat them twice a couple of years ago when we're in the, when the group stages so it's up to Man United if they want to get through that group or not because that's how we've yeah. seen it the last couple of years getting through uh third place last season against PSG and Leipzig in that in that group um yeah. but I, with Man United it's like you fix two problems and three problems come up at the same time so you're just kind of thinking can can we get through I think we can get through, but I don't think we're doing anything particularly memorable in the season Champions League. I, I hope think you I'm have wrong. to get through that. I think you have to get through that group to be fair. But it's how far into the competition you go that, that is the question. Yeah, because I think looking at the English teams personally, again being a bit of, being a bit biased there, looking at Chelsea with the squad that they've got, being the reigning uh, holders of the Champions League, adding Lukaku to that, um, a couple of other young players like Chalaba coming through as well. You've got Zuma potentially on his way out, but you don't really see anything that they could really, uh, like in their group, Juventus away, maybe probably a difficult game at Zenit St. Petersburg, but Chelsea really should get through probably top of their group against Juventus, Zenit and Malmo as well. So Malmo, that kind of team, I reckon you can rest a couple of players against match day five, match day six, if you're already through and yeah. you're kind of good from there as well. <clears throat> but let's focus on the main one, which I think is the main group for me is group B. So group B is Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, Porto and AC Milan. So AC Milan are a team where I believe um, they're on the come up. I've said it for our last season. I think they're good with um, uh, Pioli as their manager. And I think that Liverpool will struggle against Atletico Madrid, uh, Porto and Milan as well. As the group of death, that's the one that I see. Um, 
So yeah, Kez, what do you think of that Group B? Have Atletico Madrid, Liverpool, Porto and AC Man. Do you see any upsets in there? Or do you reckon Liverpool can get through top of the group with that? I think Liverpool should get through, but it's going to be a tricky group. Um, AC Milan are going to be a tricky side. Uh, whether they will qualify or not is yet to be seen. Mm. Um, Atletico are definitely going to cause a problem. And Porto, I know Mugs as well. So it is a tough group, but you would still expect Liverpool to come through there, to be fair, and top the group. Yeah, definitely. Especially with the way Porto performed last season against Liverpool. They were really good against Liverpool, against um, Juventus, sorry. Yeah. They played Man City yeah. in the group and they did really well to kind of hold them, hold their own against Man City in the group. And then against Ace, I'm buffering. No, I'm not buffering. It's, I think it's a rebound. Never mind. But Porto versus Juventus was was a, cra- was a crazy tie last season when Porto just shot basically the world and that a free kick from Goncalves, I think it was. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, under the wall when Ronaldo was trying to get them back in the game, but he couldn't. And Chiesa was the one that really stood out. And we all saw how how great Chiesa was in the summer for the Euros as well. So he's going to be a, a key player for Juventus in that group H against uh, Chelsea and Malmo um, going forward. Mahir, thanks for joining the podcast. Hope you've been well. Um, we've started with a reaction to the Champions League draw. Um, so I just want you to talk us through the Group A with Man City, Paris Saint-Germain, RB Leipzig and Club, Club Rouge because it could be a Messi versus Ronaldo situation um, in Group A. So Messi could be coming to the Etihad after all, but yeah. just on the away side. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be to be honest here, yeah, like, it just fell into place. The whole draw, the whole Ronaldo news, which was just like, came out of nowhere. And then for Man City to be drawn against PSG is like the battle of the Arab billionaires. <laughs> um, I think, I don't know, PSG, it's just we're yet to see Messi. Messi hasn't made his debut, right? No. I haven't, been, I haven't been following the French League. Yeah, I haven't been following the French League. So, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how um, Pochettino, where he fits Messi in with Neymar and Di Maria. Um, uh, I don't know what's happened with um, Idrissa Gay, for example. Like, yeah. he's just... Yeah, yeah. so I, I feel like PSG, um, for me, they flatter to deceive a lot. Uh, I think Man City should coast this a bit. Um, I, I don't fancy PSG at all, honestly. I, I, a lot of people talk about the names, but PSG last year underachieved heavily. Um, you saw that in uh, the league as well. Um, I, I don't feel like Poch- you, someone like Pochettino, he's like... The team has been at, for example, he's been at Espanyol, Southampton, Tottenham. All three of those clubs, he's been with players that haven't got big egos. You know, he's he's all into that team spirit. Um, and I just feel like I don't think he'll I don't think he'll manage all those sort of egos. I mean, the whole Kylian Mbappe thing is um, that's a big that's a big side story. Like him potentially leaving to Real Madrid. Um, I don't think that will. I don't think that will help matters. But I feel like yeah. I feel Man City win the group. I think this will come second. Yeah, it'll be something cool to see how Pochettino actually does because I know both of you are Arsenal fans, so you both know him from your Spurs days and from the Southampton yeah. days as well. But like you said, it's just the fact that it, how do you fit Messi in? And Messi, you can rather put as a striker, as a false nine, change the system yeah. a bit, play him on the right. But Di Maria is the, the kind of guy that out of the three attackers, Mbappe, Di Maria and Neymar, he's the one that's doing the hard work and tracking back and 
uh, helping out with the defence as well, which will be good to see. But Kez, I know you were just saying before that you're a big fan of PSG and you think they could be one of the favourites to win the Champions League. So how do you kind of react to what Mahir just said? To be fair, I wasn't saying I was a big fan of them. I was just saying that with the names yeah. they've signed, they should definitely be doing a madness. Fan. We'll nah, they, 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 they should be doing a madness with the names they've signed. Um, I think, to be honest with you, they've had one of the best windows I've seen. Yes. Um, yeah. And yeah, you're right. It depends on how the, the players merge and, and how they're managed. But I just think they brought in a lot of uh, top experience in Ramos and obviously Lionel Messi. They brought winners in. So I'm, I'm very intrigued by PSG. I think, to be fair, if they fail to go deep into the Champions League, Pochettino has failed massively. So I'm just keeping my eyes on PSG, to be fair. Yeah, especially with the league last season as well. Like they had all the opportunities to kind of claw that league back, um, even when Pochettino came in. But it didn't. It didn't happen for them. Uh, the Champions League, obviously, they lost to Man City, and um, we all know what happened in Manchester City afterwards, which, which was great for my for myself being a Man United fan. I'd rather have Chelsea yeah. win than Man City win. But um, PSG will be a fun team to watch this season. I definitely think it will be. And if Mbappe leaves for for Real Madrid this summer, then it will be it will be good. But with Mbappe, he's had a couple of controversial uh, turmoils in, in the summer as well, especially with the France national team with uh, Griezmann and Giroud as well. And it may be a bit too soon for him to be getting too big for his boots. But if Pochettino, like you said, if he can handle this big ego of Kylian Mbappe, Mahir, then it could be someone yeah. that we don't want to see on a football pitch against our, or against our own team because he could just be that explosive young talent that we've been used to seeing really over the last couple of years yeah. before. Um, it's kind of it's kind of come into fruition that is happening. Another problem that PSG have got at the minute with the manager mm. is you can take the guy out of Spurs, but you can't take the Spurs out of the guy in it. So this guy will always bottle it. So <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. I, even I was saying it last season. I was like, Pochettino literally bottled the league, but people are like, oh no, he only came in what November. I was like, it doesn't but, matter. Tuchel would have won the league even if he didn't win the Champions League. He would have won the league, which he did. I I don't think I've ever come across. I don't think I've ever seen a club that has made such a glamorous free signings in my life. Sergio Ramos, Jorginho Wijnaldum, Donnarumma and Lionel Messi all on free transfers. I don't think I've ever seen a club that's... <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever known a club that signed free transfers it's with those caliber oh, names? Oh, only on FIFA. Only on FIFA career. <laughs> yeah, that's where you get, when you know when those expiry dates are coming within the last six months, that's the only time you'll know. But who would you guys start? Would you start Donnarumma or would you start Keylor Navas? Because Keylor Navas has really done nothing wrong for me. But... Keylor like Navas has been playing in the French man. League, right? Mm. Yeah. Keylor Navas has been playing in the French League over Donnarumma. Yeah, yeah. and I, 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 I think Donnarumma made an interview the other day saying, "Oh, he's um, he's not worried or something like that." But when you when you when you make an interview saying you're not worried, then you are worried. Mm. Um, I, I think I think Donnarumma, he's what, how old is he? 22, 23? Yeah, he, he, he'll be the number one eventually. He's too good of a god goalkeeper. I think that Keylor Nav with Keylor Navas, he's like a he knows the team, he knows the defenders. He's played with Ramos as well at Real Madrid, so he knows Big Ramos really well. Big plus. So that's what I think. That's why Pochettino opts for Navas for that specific reason. I feel but sorry yeah. for Navas, you know, because at you Real Madrid he was a, a great keeper. Though. Yeah, yeah. he's great keeper. Got forced out by Courtois, and now it looks like the same yeah. thing's gonna happen to him at PSG. It's mad. He's just not that marketable goalkeeper. He's just the guy that actually does but, the job and actually saves the goals. But the fact that he's not marketable or like a seventy million pound signing is just like, oh, we we. They made a yeah. bad replacement in Courtois, in my opinion. And Navas at PSG is just as good. But the fact that, like you both said, Donnarumma in for free, who do you choose? The best up-and-coming goalkeeper in the world or someone who's actually tried and trusted and has won the Champions League multiple times. So what can we yeah. do? Um, 
let's just go through the rest of the groups. We've got Group C. So I'm wearing Borussia Dortmund today. So we've got Dortmund, uh, Sporting Lisbon, Ajax and Besiktas. I reckon Dortmund and Ajax will go through that. Sporting Lisbon, I know they're coming in as uh, Pool 1. So I know that they're going in as league champions, but I reckon Dortmund with Haaland going to be a man of the mission. Daniel Marlon at his new club will be quite nice to kind of see how he links up in the Champions League. And Ajax, I think, are the kind of team to kind of um, do a bit better than Besiktas and Sporting Lisbon for myself. Mahe, what do you think about Group C with Sporting, Dortmund, Ajax and Besiktas? Um, I obviously place Dortmund favourites. Um, I don't think they're as effective as they were. Um, I think Jude Bellingham's come to his own um, since the Bundesliga started. He's been he's been one of their best players. If you watch yeah. the Bundesliga games, um, and obviously you have got the main man Erling Haaland. I expect Dortmund to top it. Um, I think Sporting had a really good year last year. Yeah, um, winning the league for the first time in as ages. Soon as, as soon as they lost Bruno Fernandes, they won the league in Portugal. So, I mean, I did say, but I mean, um, how 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 do you work that one out? Like, do you get rid of your best I, player and you just I become just, so much better? It, it actually like, came true as well. That's the thing. I can't even deny. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Sporting, they they they've got a really good team. So watch out for them. Mm. I'm not saying they're dark horses or anything, but like I, I they might come second in that group. Besiktas, uh, Turkish teams don't really do well in Champions League in the last ten years or so, so I don't really mm. expect them to do anything. Um, Ajax, yeah, I think Ajax have they've had they had their time like three four years ago, and then the team got dismantled. So I, they're probably finished third and played Europa League. Is um am I right in thinking? Is there like a whoever finishes third go, goes into the conference, or is that? Is that, is that go, go to the Europa League? I think it's still Europa League this season. Yeah. Is it? Wow. Yeah. The conference has just got so many random teams and Spurs. Yeah. And Spurs just trying to... Like, well, they lost last week as well, so that was quite awkward for them as well. Uh, but yeah. um, We don't need to mention the conference really on this podcast like ever. It's got no relevance to this it's, at all. It's, it's, like the, it's like a glorified Intertotal Cup, that is. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's a good way of putting it, really. Actually, yeah, to be fair, that's what it is. Um, Kez, let's hear your thoughts on Group D. So we've got Inter Milan, minus Lukaku and Hakimi. We've got Real Madrid, uh, pending Mbappe if he does make it in the last seven days or so. Shakhtar Donetsk and a team called Sheriff, who I'm not going to pretend like I've heard of them at all. But uh, let me hear your thoughts on Group D. Uh, uh, let's be real. Shakhtar and Sheriff are the bottom two. We just start there. Uh, probably Shakhtar finishing third. And yeah, I don't know Sheriff in it, so I'm guessing that they, they're, they're bottom by default in it. Yeah, they just qualify so, through like being the champions of like some um, like Eastern yeah. European country, like Bulgaria or Hungary, who aren't even in the highest of ranks. So that's a qualify all the way to get here. But good credit for them, them as an underdog. Yeah, credit to them. But yeah, let's just put them bottom to mm. begin with. And then the, oh. the other two teams are Inter Milan and um, Real Madrid. Yes. Um, Real Madrid, to be fair, are a team that, have, I mean, if they sign Mbappe, it's through them massively. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I'm just not expecting massive things from Real Madrid this year. Yeah, they've lost losing guys. Ramos, Ferran, Ferran. Yeah, Zidane as well. Did Zidane leave in the end? I don't know if he left or not. Did he leave? Zidane. He tends to leave and then comes. Oh back yes, Ancelotti. Sorry, Zidane. Ancelotti's there. Ancelotti. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ancelotti's yes. in charge. Yeah. So um, and Inter Milan again. I mean, they've what? lost a few guys, but I, I I'd probably put Inter Milan top of that group, you know. It'll be fun yeah. to see how Inter Milan play without Conte as well, because they've been used to having that defensive line of 3-5-2. Uh, the wing-backs and Lukaku and Martinez were immense last uh, season as well. As a Who's their manager now, Inter Milan? Ah, good question. Who is the Inter Milan manager? Simone Inzaghi. Oh, Simone Inzaghi. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, to be fair, them two are going to battle out for the top two. 
Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Real Madrid should probably win that group in it, let's be real. But I think um, they should. With, with the players that they have, Modric and Cruz still going strong. Benzema is always, hopefully, yeah, Hazard yeah, comes yeah. into his own and even Bale may get, um, get a second oh, emergence yeah. under yeah, Angelotti. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Angelotti yeah. was the one that signed him, so it could be a, a thing where Bale gets back to full fitness. But yeah, we'll so see they got Real Madrid top of the group in the Milan second and then, yeah, the other two. Who cares? <laughs> exactly, we don't need to care about them. Um, but Group E, we've got Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Benfica and Dynamo Kiev. So, uh, Maho, I reckon with Nagelsmann as manager, um, because and I were just discussing at the beginning of the podcast, like we think he's going to be, well, I think he's going to be okay, but uh, we may see a bit of a struggle with this, yeah. with this new young manager at this gigantic football club, uh, the biggest in Germany as well. So, But with Barcelona as well, losing uh, Messi, that's going to be crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, with Bayern Munich, um, there's been there's a bit of a rambling going on in the boardroom at the moment. I think mm-hmm. um, what I heard was Nagelsmann has already been like um, having disagreements with the board. Um, Oliver Kahn is the CEO, and um, there was another fella who is like the sporting director of Bayern because Karl that- Heinrichman had- left. That- he was, was a it. massive influence. Yeah. He was he was he was he was there for like thirty years at that club, and he left like recently. And so, um, from what summer. I've been like listening to like German football experts, mm. they, they 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 when I was listening to like, some of the podcasts, they were talking about um, there's been a like already there's been a few rumblings going on in the back room. Uh, one of the sporting directors, I can't remember his name, but he he told Nagelsmann to play to play a certain player and whatnot, and Nagelsmann didn't like that. Um, I just feel like and you you got Lewandowski saying he might want a new challenge, so. I just feel like Bayern Munich has, I don't know, Leroy, uh, um, uh, I think the other day, Bayern Munich fans booed Leroy Sané as well. So it's yeah. not, do you know what, Bayern Munich is not that rosy. It's not that rosy at the minute. So I, I don't, I, but then you got Barcelona who is like. Even less rosy. They're posting <laughs> pictures of Drake like, today as well. They're posting pictures of Drake and the pie's doing this like kiss, marry, avoid thing on their YouTube channel to gain oh, views and to gain YouTube money to get some. Like, they're using, they salary doing? for goodness sake they're That's... using they're using memphis to as like then you post marketable, marketable player who's like you know in trend fashion because mm. messi's gone in it so they just need someone to like use <laughs> but uh, barcelona is another i just i don't know about them man like they're just they're shambles at the minute um aguero's injured um they just about registered their players as well they found some loopholes to get through that yeah and uh i can't Look, Busquets, but Roberto, group, I, you know, Alba, I still, and Pique. I still got Bayern Munich favourites. Yeah, yeah, I reckon Bar- uh, Bayern Munich will get their, their stuff sorted out yeah. in time. Benfica, I like watching Benfica play. Like, whenever in the Champions League, they're a good European side to watch. And you know they're not really going to trouble many teams. And, like, mm. for me, Benfica, we see every year they sell um, players and players and players. And they do so well with the money that they, they bring in. Yeah. But we could, as I was saying like a couple of weeks ago, we could do a podcast on how much Benfica and the Portuguese league in general have sold so many players and they keep bringing so much revenue mm. because the last big signing who they sold was like João Felix, like 126 yeah. million euros. So it's, it's, it's going to be good to see what young players come through and let's just see how they go. Because I know Darwin Nunes is their striker and Brighton wanted him for 25 million, but I reckon if a Man United or an Arsenal came in for him, they'd double that to like 45, 55 because we knew that we could actually pay for them as well. I feel like they scout very well from like South America as well. But they yeah, really they've do. got some very good South American yeah. players. They really do. And even players like in the, the Legends, they had like Aymar and Louis Zhao. Um, these kind of players that have been there. Mm-hmm. Edison has obviously come from there as well. David Luiz. Yeah. The list goes on uh, for the both of us. 
we can just go on all day about naming these Benfica and Sporting Lisbon players. And Dynamo Kiev are the fourth team in, in that group. I reckon it will be something like Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Benfica and, and Kiev, kind of like that. Alphabetical order in a way. No, it isn't. But R is before Y, but you know what I mean. Um, group F, we just mentioned before, that was a Man United one. We should go through. And Group G, we've done Group H, uh, but Group G's got um, Lille, Sevilla, RB Salzburg and Wolfsburg. So Big Kez, um, what do you kind of reckon with this one? Because I reckon it could be a Sevilla and a Lille top two, maybe Salzburg going in with a three. Um, but that's kind of how I say it. I think Sevilla are, are a pretty good European side. Quarterfinals last season, if I remember correctly, against Chelsea. Um, yeah. Who's the fourth team in that group, sorry? Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg, okay. Apparently they started the season quite well in Germany. But I've I don't know what to Yeah. Um, Sevilla, they've signed well, actually. They've signed Eric Lamella. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to lose that Koundé guy to, to Chelsea. Yeah, that's that been a drag all summer with Koundé, I think, because oh, yeah, yeah. they just want to get Zuma out. Zuma, like, Chal- yeah. Chalopers come in, but they still want that proper established centre-back and Koundé is, is going to be the guy to do that. Yeah. So I'd probably put um, Sevilla top of that group. But I feel like RB, um, Salzburg could actually trouble that group as well, you know. Could be pushing the top two places. RB but Salzburg have sold a lot of players, but they, they're like RB Leipzig, like their sister club. They just invest really good in, in the teams that they what they got through as well. Like they always get these unknown talents, which are great. Yeah, and then you've got Lille. They've lost the manager. They've got Sanchez out injured. I don't know what to expect for them this season, to be fair. So, yeah, maybe third for them. Yeah, it could have been their time to shine last season and they're over and done with, really, because they were having board problems, they were having manager problems, like you said, as well. And um, It's going to it's gonna be fun to see how they actually do, because I remember they won against uh, PSG in that mm. French Cup final thingy. I think it was like the yeah. Community Shield about it as well. And yeah. Some of the players that they have, they could easily be sold in, in January and then... Um, the summer because again they were a team that was hit financially due to the COVID pandemic as well, which will, which will be crazy. And watch out for young Angel Gomez as well. He went from uh, Man United to Lille and he went on loan to Boa Vista last season, but he's going to be a player to look out for as well. So hopefully he's another one of these young English talents that have gone abroad and will actually get some more game time as well, which will be good to see. But if you remember from the Euros when everyone was going on about Burak Yilmaz being an amazing striker, yeah, he's amazing yeah. at Lille because he got them to the title, the league on title one. Um, now it's going to be seeing if he can do that in the Champions League. So it'll be another season of Borac Yilmaz. Um, but yeah, thanks guys for going through that Champions League uh, preview of the, of the draw. I thought it was quite good. And I reckon there's going to be a lot of entertainment in the group stages, let alone in, in the next round, because obviously in that next round, there's no away goals. So it's going to be fun to see how that really comes yeah. about. Um, but what, what I want to talk about next is kind of the big story of um, this week, I would say, the whole... Cristiano Ronaldo to Manchester City rumours. There's talks of the deal being agreed already in certain parts of Europe. But um, because let's hear your thoughts on Ronaldo to Man City. As a neutral point of view, how do you kind of see um, that young, uh, skillful winger that you saw at Manchester United um, going against like the Invincibles, going against the likes of uh, Fabregas and Nazarene a couple of years after that? How do you kind of see that young guy from Manchester United coming back as like the star of Manchester City, being a striker, being a main man? Working under Pep Guardiola as well, and playing for a rival club of his beloved Manchester United or beloved Manchester United. Because I don't want to say too much before getting angry. So I'll let you start it off, then Maher can have his go. Firstly, I'll say um, it'd be great to see him back in the Premier League. Obviously, we know the talent he's got and um, the calibre player he is. Mm. But I just I can't imagine him in the City shirt, really. I mean, having spent all those years with United and you know the affection he's got for the club. But at the same time, there's not many clubs in world football that can afford him. 
and Man City are one of those clubs. So I've been to and fro about this since I first heard of it, yeah. whether it's going to happen or not. And I'm sitting on the fence. So I really don't know. But um, having failed on signing Harry Kane, bringing Ronaldo in to be the ideal replacement for the season, and I can see City doing some big things if he does come in. So it'll be interesting to see. It'll be crazy to see Ronaldo in a Manchester City shirt. And uh, just like I mentioned before, fair as well, for me to go to university at the Etihad Stadium, at the Etihad campus, and to see people walking around with blue Ronaldo uh, shirts and flags and banners and all of that, I'll just be like throwing up like every other day just seeing that. So before me getting a bit too angry, let me hear Mahir's point of view on Ronaldo to uh, Manchester City. Do you reckon he could work under Pep Guardiola? Do you reckon he can work in that system? Or do you reckon Pep's got a plan for him if he was to come in and play with the likes of Grealish, De Bruyne, um, Sterling, Mahrez as well? Or do you reckon he'll have to sell a few players um, just to accommodate Ronaldo and his, and his big wages? Um, I, I personally believe... Um... I just don't see how he suits Pep's style of play. I feel like um, I feel a large parts of the season last year he played a, a force number nine, mm. and Cristiano is not that winger anymore. Where he would dribble past players, he's more a striker now. Um, um, do you know what? This signing is on PSG signing Messi. It's like when, when PSG signed Messi, it was more than signing a player. It was like you're signing a literally, you're signing an institution which is like very valuable in today's um, world. Um, Man City are doing the same. They're like, yeah, the Qataris, they got Messi. So we need to do something. Uh, yeah. We're not getting Harry Kane. Let's get one of the greatest players of all time. Let's piss off Man United as well. And let's get Ronaldo. Um, me personally, I can like on one hand, I'm like, yeah, this is revenge for United fans getting Van Persie and laughing at us. Now you know how. Oh, now, you, now you know how it feels. And, nah, um, nah, 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 nah. That's, 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 that's that's no, 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 that's no, 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 in terms oh, of pain, in terms of pain, yeah, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't understand the pain. Every time Van Persie scored a goal that won yeah, you that title, real. it was like a dagger to my heart. For real, um, for real. So to see Ronaldo killing it for Man City and winning the Champions League for Man City, yeah, that will be like, that will be satisfying. I swear to God, that would be so satisfying just to see United fans crying. Oh my word! But you don't think, from a footballing but, perspective, though, that uh, Man City need a number nine yeah. right now, and Ronaldo is so, sort of a nine these days. Yeah, yeah. It could be a little perfect yeah. fit. I feel like, do you know what? I think it, it might be, do you know what? It might work in terms of, because Ronaldo's 37, right? He's not going to be there for years and years. They're ba they're biding their time for Erling Haaland, right? So when Ronaldo scores all those goals for Man City and then he eventually leaves, then they'll get Erling Haaland. So it's like, a Ronaldo is like a stopgap for but like, an amazing stopgap. So the, the, the best stopgap you can. And ask they've for. got the money as well. They've got billions of pounds of money. So it's exactly, exactly. Mm. No, it, it, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I need a minute after that. But basically, basically, Ronaldo going to Man City, like I would say, would just be a dagger in every single Manchester United fan's heart because the amount of times when. Uh, Ronaldo has gone like I'm not one of those fans but I know a couple of guys that are just there like backing Ronaldo more than they'll back like Portugal or Juventus or they'll back the player more than they'll back um, the team basically and just like you mentioned uh, Messi and Ronaldo are like the institutions now of football as opposed to um, just players because 
PSG's following went up, their shirt sales went up and um, their brand value went up just because they signed Lionel Messi. So even though they're going to be paying him a ton in wages, they're going to be getting a ton back in money. And if Manchester City were to be successful with this uh, purchase of Cristiano Ronaldo, even for a season or two, it will be something that people around the world will be starting to follow Manchester City because Ronaldo's gone there. It's, it's kind of like that LeBron James effect where you follow someone because of the player, not because of the team. Like you went from Miami to Cleveland or Cleveland to Miami to the LA Lakers. And he's been around a lot, but people buy LeBron jerseys because they loved LeBron James. And even for us in England, we see that and we're like, that's the power of one person. But now we're going to see it from our main sport in football, where Cristiano Ronaldo is, as an objective point of view, going to a team, if all successful, where they're the champions of England, they have a real shot at going for European glory and going for three, four trophies as they normally are. Which is sad to say and sad to hear really that they normally are up for all these trophies, which is crazy. And they've got one of the best managers in the business. But it's just like you said, Maho, if he can fit into that style of play, he will yeah. be he will be amazing. But if he doesn't, like because said that playing without a false playing without a striker, playing a false nine, De Bruyne or a Foden maybe in that false nine and um, playing that the way that they are, then they will have to try and fit him in because he's not gonna be happy sitting on the bench. Jorge Mendes is the kind of guy kind of orchestrating this more than Ronaldo is, but I'm pretty sure Ronaldo doesn't want to stay at Juventus, just like that was reported last weekend as well. So, Ronaldo, please, for the love of God, if you listen to Friday Night Counter-Attack, which I know you don't, uh, just please don't go to Manchester City because you'll break so many people's hearts around the world. But on the objective side, it's going to be something that football will it'll just be turned upside his head. It'll be like Doctor Strange has just changed it and we're in a, we're in a, a multiple universe, a parallel reality. Which Pams, I've crazy. got a question for you then, bro. Go for so, it, ask it, ask it. If Ronaldo does go to City, let's say he goes for a year, like Mahir said, and he's a stopgap, mm. does that one year at City ruin his legacy at United? For me, yes, it does. For me, I would look at that and think, you know what? Because it's happened before. That's the thing. Like, it's happened with Tevez. It's happened with Andy Cole. It's happened to Cole, Peter yeah. Schmeichel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Before my time, way before our time, Dennis Law um, was one of those players. Owen Hargreaves as well. He played yeah, Law, a couple... Yeah couple of times and like Dennis Law's got a statue outside of Old Trafford as part of the holy trinity of Sir Bobby Rob, uh, Bobby Charlton, uh, George Best and Dennis Law. So Alex Ferguson's also got a trophy uh, statue on his own stand as well. So literally if Ronaldo were to have stayed for the rest of his career, he would have been the one to get a statue. Rooney's not going to get one, even though he's a top goal scorer and he's done so much for the club. Scholes and gigs aren't going to get one. But literally Ronaldo's legacy for me would be tainted because you're then going to think of him as Oh, he's a Manchester City player. Oh, he's, the, yeah. he's the one that went to join Pep Guardiola. He's the one that went to win all these trophies. And he's the one that has really, to be fair, he's looked after himself really well to be, what, 36, 37 years old and to be still playing at the top of the game. He's not in the MLS. He's not in Qatar. He's not in China. But the fact that he still wants to be playing at the highest of levels every season. And even when we looked at it last season, that game against Porto and in the, in the Euros as well, He's doing all of it he can. Sometimes he's not even the best player on the pitch, but you know he's doing all, all that he can. But he's having to rely on other people that he can't depend upon. Bruno Fernandes was not dependable. Dybala wasn't even in the team last season uh, for Juventus. So it's like Chiesa and like the defence kind of let him down, the midfield let him down. And if he's in a team where you've got De Bruyne supplying passes, Grealish supplying passes, Mahrez and Sterling doing your long um, runnings on the wing when he's just in there for the tap-ins and for the good shots and taking on defenders one-on-one, -on -one, He's easy. He's, he's, he's living the easy life under Pep Guardiola and Manchester City. But like I said, it's not officially done yet. So it's just me kind of speculating if he does go. But if he does go, it'll be something where every FIFA session will be Manchester City versus PSG. 
simple as that. And um, but yeah, speaking of PSG, there are still still some talks that Real Madrid have made an official bid uh, to PSG for Kylian Mbappe, 170 million uh, guaranteed plus 10 million add-ons. So, um, because what do you think of that? Do you reckon Mbappe could be the new star of Real Madrid, or do you reckon he's, they still need a couple more players to be um, challenging for European titles again? Yeah, now let's get it right, man. If you add Mbappe to that team, it does propel them up a few levels. Uh, I still think it needs a bit of work in the team, but yeah, adding Mbappe to what they've already got takes them up a few notches. Um, I think it secures the league for them, guaranteed, with yeah. Barcelona's plight now as well. Um, it's a lot of money, but you forget how young Mbappe is. He's 22 years of age. He's achieved so much in the game already, but I mean, I think <laughs> you make that money back off him within a few seasons and, and the goals that he delivers, the shirt sales and stuff, so... I can see it makes sense for Real Madrid to sign him. Um, the only thing I question really is that he's got a year left on his deal. Yeah. So to spend that money on him now, when he could potentially be signing for free next summer, seems a bit mad. But apparently he's promised PSG that he's not going to go for free. So yeah, who knows, man? It seems crazy. Yeah, it's true. But it's one of those things that you just mentioned as well. Like You'll get the money back. You'll have a player that you can guarantee you goals for the next five, six, seven years. And that's kind of what they did with Karen Benzema Mahir as well. Because if you remember, he was signing that same summer where uh, Kaká and Ronaldo and like Garayan Arbeloba was all signed as well. But he was signed for 35 million and he's been there since 2009 whilst other players have come and gone. He's still been that mainstay striker as well, Mahir. So do you reckon it could be the same thing for Mbappe? Do you reckon he's going to be having his heart set at Real Madrid and he's just going to stay there like Benzema has? Or do you reckon it's going to be a stopgap for him for a couple of years? Yeah, um, I'm quite confused as to why Mbappe is going to Real Madrid, um, especially after getting Messi in. Um, I don't know. I've, do you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of like when Neymar left Barcelona to go to PSG because he wanted to be the main man. Yes. And I feel like that's what Mbappe wants... Real, let's get it right. Real Madrid is the biggest club in the world, so I do understand why. Like, but it's because if he goes to Real Madrid, like he's joining the biggest club in the world, he's going to be the main man for a number of years. Um, at PSG, he's in a cluster of many. Mm. Um, but I just feel like right now, when you look at both teams, both squads right now, I feel like PSG is they're they're literally on the cusp of winning that Champions League. Um, I just feel like maybe he he's still young. I feel he could have maybe left a bit. Early. It depends on what how Real Madrid uh, spend their money because let's let's have it right. Real Madrid are not that they're 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 suffering financial problems too. People are talking about Barcelona, but the reason why Real Madrid Florentino Perez is going for the Super League is because they're not they don't have that as much money as they had before. So if they get Mbappe, it's like they can't just stop there. They need to get other top-class players to compete with the likes of PSG, Man City. And I think maybe, I think Mbappe was told possibly that that there's going to be a project that's going to happen where there's going to be another era of Galacticos, maybe. So that's probably why he's leaving and he's like looking. But yeah, uh, if they do get Mbappe, that'll be like, a, that's one step forward for them becoming coming back into being contenders. Yeah, because they're they're, um, they're an aging team as well, Real Madrid, and they've got stadium yeah. problems, and they've got um, they've had to sell what Ramos for Ramos. Well, Ramos went on a free; they couldn't afford his contract. But likes of Benzema, Cruz, Modric, they're going to be out the door in a couple of years because they won't be at the top level like we're used to seeing them as well. Marcelo obviously um, is reaching the highlight. We've got Carvajal reaching the twilight of his years as well. Um, but it's it's one of those things that if Mbappe will go, it will be something that 
other players will want to follow. He's one of those players that you want to follow and be like, you know what? I reckon if we were to get someone like a, um, like an, a creative midfielder who's who's on the up and coming, he'd want to go. Oh, I want to play with Mbappe. I want to have a good link up with him. It'll be good to see how he really does as well. Like seeing someone like Sadio Mane follow uh, Mbappe to uh, Real Madrid as well. Mbappe on one wing and um, Mane in the other. Benzema for a couple of years as well. Because if Hazard still doesn't do it this season. They'll want to cut their losses with Eden Hazard as well after the couple of years that he's been there and not really turned up. But we'll see what Ancelotti does. We'll see what Florentino Perez does. And let's really see how um, La Liga kind of does this season. Because like uh, Manuel Pellegrini said, no one really watches La Liga anymore. It's a slow game. People like time wasting in the game and there's no entertainment. And the, the sale of Lionel Messi. That. Yeah, Pellegrini said that. He's the real mm. bestest manager. Yeah. And he's just there thinking oh. compared to the Premier League, this isn't... Um, this isn't entertaining and it's not as enjoyable to play and you're just there watching a slow game for 90 minutes, people time wasting on the floor. And even for me, I'm like, it's not on any proper English TV channels. It's on like something yeah, you have yeah. to subscribe to. Like Premier, Premier Sports. Sports. Is it Premier That's Sports? It. Yeah, Premier yeah, Sports. Yeah. And you're just there thinking, I don't want to pay for that. I'll just watch the highlights on YouTube a couple yeah. of times later and it's perfectly fine. But even then you're just like, you'll see the goals on Instagram and it's like, oh, Benzema scored. That's it. Crew scored a good goal. That was it. Um, mm. But that's kind of it, really, with the European talk for the European Champions League, uh, Ronaldo and, and Mbappe. Let's focus on the Premier League and let's focus on what we've got coming up this weekend because I see a couple of really good games neutrally to watch. And I think there's going to be a couple of good games that we're going to be involved in as well. So as a Man United fan, we've got Wolves away where we're playing against um, this new Wolves side without uh, Nuno Espirito Santo. Arsenal, of course, uh, both of you are Arsenal fans. So you've got Manchester City away. There's Liverpool versus Chelsea, and I reckon West Ham versus Crystal Palace will be a good game to watch as well. Um, but let's start. Let's go in order, actually. Let's go Man City versus Arsenal. So, Maher and Big Kez, you're both Arsenal fans. You've both yeah. experienced the highlights of 6 0 versus West Bromwich Albion, but you've also had the lows of um, the last two Premier League ah. games, especially the return to Emirates. So, did either of you go to the game? Um, are you going to be going to any games this season, Maher? Because I know you were a member, but I know you that. Um, you were thinking of bringing your membership back or are you still not going to go for it? I'm disillusioned with the club. I think the last game I went to was probably Spurs at home when Oxlade, when Oxlade Chamberlain was still at the club and he scored the equaliser against them. That's probably the last time I went. Um, I've been so disillusioned with the club so I don't see I don't see myself going back to the stadium anytime soon. Um, I don't know, with Arsenal I just feel uh, <sighs> like it's not the it's not the team I used to love and follow it's, uh, it's just it's a different feeling it's not it's just I don't know what I don't know how to describe it man like I watch Arsenal and I'm like yeah meh it's like there's no passion for it there's no passion anymore man it's like and then I, when I see um players like Bellerin still there Xhaka still there uh, who else Elneny and all these, all these players still there and I'm like nothing's changed man we've still got a technical director who's incompetent We've got an incompetent manager at the helm. I don't know why he's still there as well. Um, and yeah, we've just got it's a, it's a total mess, man. I'm not I'm not confident with the Messi game. Even though De Bruyne is out of the game, it's not going to make a difference. I just I have no hope for this game at all. Six um, 0 one against West Brom. We played a West Brom under twenty three kids. Mm. Um, we're not going to take too much in, nothing into that. But yeah, it's just uh, I'm I'm probably like a two three 0 I don't I don't think we'll get thrashed. I think we'll put up a fight, but I just don't see us holding out. I think it'll be that like 2-3-0. Uh, because how do you see the season going for Arsenal with uh, Mikel Arteta at the home and, and Edu as your technical director? Do you really see any changes in the last couple of days to the transfer window? I mean, 
you guys have spent a lot of money this season, 132 million in the transfer window, but I think everyone's kind of in agreement. Like you spent the money, but do you really need to spend it on those type of players? Do you really kind of need to go for first team starters as opposed to um, the younger talents? Because that centre midfielder you got, uh, he showed some fight against Chelsea. He's good. Yeah, he's, he's good. I like him. I like him. He's yeah, referred by Thierry Henry as well because he was uh, the Belgium assistant yeah. coach at the time. And Vincent Company as well. Yeah. And Vincent Company at Anderlecht as well. So yeah. he's got a bit of fight about him. He's, he's someone that I would like to see a bit more of in, in the comings, in the coming couple of years. Him and Partey in that midfield would be quite good. Quite a solid uh, midfield, I would say. But yeah. um, besides that, you've got Ben White, you've got Ramsdale, um, you've got Odegaard back as well. Because, But how do you kind of see the signings that you've made? Do you reckon they are the ones that are going to take you back into Europe, take you further up the table, or even to win like a domestic cup or something this season? First of all, we're in for a long season. I'm not really looking forward to this season at all. Um, I don't trust in the manager. I don't doubt that he was a great coach and he may one day become a good manager with better players and whatnot. But I don't understand his faith that's been put in him, like where he can just do whatever he wants and there's no repercussions. Like for me, since he's come in, He's made the team worse because of his ego. He's loaned out players that are better than what we've got in the team. Yeah. For instance, the likes of Gwenduzi, Saliba. I, I don't know why I've not oh. seen Saliba. Everyone's raving about Saliba. I've not seen him in an Arsenal shirt yet. But we spent oh. 50 million on, on, on Ben White. It's just, Arteta's just doing some madness. He's just getting on my nerves. Um, <laughs> Edu, I don't know what he's on. I mean, I can count on one hand. The, the guy's on holiday. The guy's yeah. on holiday like 24-7. <laughs> if you see I mean, the pictures on his Instagram. <laughs> Bro, yeah. I can count on one hand the number of good signings he's bought. I thought he was going to bring through some new Brazilian talent. We've got Gabriel um, Gabriel Martinelli. For me, I don't know what this guy's on. But yeah, Arteta, I think he's, his ego is too, it's too big. Like, I don't get it. Like, for too me, big too soon, I think, yeah, as well. Yeah, a lot of the managers I look at with ego, Mourinho and Pep and whatnot, they can show you what they've done. Mourinho can come with the three Premier League titles, respect me, and, and champion, won Champions League, and Pep Guardiola can say the same. Arteta, I don't know what you can tell me you've done. Like FA Cup. Ship, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And even that, though, if you look at the FA Cup, he won that play in the back three, being difficult to break down and whatnot now. And then, back three, yeah. bro, it, it, do you know what, even what makes it even worse? Like, if we look at it, so he, he chose uh, Burnt Leno over Martinez, right? Yeah. Wanting to play out from the back. Burnt Leno's not that keeper that's great with his feet. Like, if you wanted to play, Martinez was a better keeper there. Another howler. Bro, I can go on Arteta all day, but I'm not confident. To answer your question, I'm not, I'm not really confident on the season. Um, I get the whole process of going for younger players, and I like the fact that they're going for that. But okay. at the same time, you do need to bring in some experience with the young players. Against Chelsea, it looked like men against boys. Mm. You know what I mean? We need some leaders in there and some big characters to go with the youth so that the youth have got something to aspire to. At the minute, it's just a bunch of kids with a lot of potential, and there's some good talent in there, but it's not fine. It's back to Europe. So. You know what some you know what sums up the recruitment, yeah, is yeah. Ben White is a very good. I, I, he might, be, I think he'll be a good player for us. Yeah. But do you know what sums it up? Ben White has never played in a back four. Like I'm pretty sure, like his whole time at Brighton, he's played in a back three. Yeah. And the first game against Brentford, Arteta plays him in a back four, and would you know he gets ruined by Ivan Tony. Yeah. It's like, what do you expect Ben White to do? Like I can't blame Ben White for that. Like yeah. the the geezer's never played in a back four in his whole entire life. He's used yeah. to playing the back three. Arteta signs him and he plays in the back four and he gets done over like that. So I don't understand what the strategy is, man, from yeah. from Arteta, but also from Edu. Like uh, Edu, I just the guy, I don't know what his um I don't know what his resume was when he got the job. He 
he was what Brazilian FA technical director. He's never had any like European sort of expertise before. He deals with Kia Drabchian, who's like his lapdog. Like, I don't understand where this club is going, man. Um, it's just so, ah, oh, man. We can't even get players out of the club. I mean, yeah. Willian might go to Corinthians, but it's like, where, when is the next week is when um, a deadline day, isn't it? And we've still yeah. got yeah. Bellerin at the club. We've got Jacques signed a new contract. Um, who else is there? El Neni's El Neni, still there. Bro, like, holding. Holding was given a new contract by Arteta. Don't, remember that. <laughs> or holding. Rob Holding. He was nearly sold to Newcastle last year. He's got signed a new contract. And he's pony. Yeah, I feel like he, any guy that talks back to him, he just ships him out. Because Saliba, like, exactly, yeah. Yeah, any guy that talks Gwen about Duzi, Duzi, yeah. yeah. How Duzi. can Elneny be in the team and Saliba and, and Gwen Duzi's on loan? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? It's because those are young players and he doesn't like the fact that, oh, these young players, yeah, they're getting too big for their boots. But, like, it's a good thing, isn't it? Like, when you're young, you're, you're showing a bit of personality. He doesn't yeah. like that. He wants yeah. he wants the squeaky clean, um, Emil, like, Emil, like, Emil Smith-Rowe is a good player. I love him. But, like, he wants those type of players where they're, like... Yeah. They, they won't chat back to the manager. They'll do their job. There's no, like, that's what he wants. Because he's a young manager. He wants a school the story teacher. of the young players. School teacher. School teacher, yeah. 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 Yes, yes, sir. No, sir, type players mm. like Saka and Emil oh, smith and, and that as well. But really, realistically, looking at Arsenal this season, like, I know for a fact you're still going to beat us and you're still going to draw to us. So that's why I've just kept quiet. But I know for the rest of the season, you may, yeah. you may struggle in the Premier League. But it's the fact that you don't have Europe for the first time in a year, in a couple of years. Like, you don't even have Europa League. So you can just focus on that weekend game, every weekend. Uh, you've got the League Cup coming up as well. I, I forgot who you're playing in the third round, but- Wimbledon. Wimbledon, so that should be a, that should be an easy win, I, I would imagine. Um, but realistically, looking at the season as an objective point of view from myself, I reckon the signings you've made haven't been good enough. Probably one or two will shine through. Ben White, he was third choice centre-back at Brighton behind Duffy and Dunk. So it's just the fact that if Brighton um, sold him for 50 million, why didn't you get Bissouma, in my opinion? Because I thought Bissouma yeah, would have been yeah. the best he, he weren't fair choice, though. They mm. they shipped out Duffy on loan, didn't it? He was playing. Yeah, it's true. Duffy's only come back from loan still. There. That's true. That's <laughs> Don't true. do us like that. <laughs> I, I, I thought I'd get a sly one in there because Ben White was out a couple of seasons ago against uh, when he was at Leeds as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the way, the way I see it is the fact that if you're going to Brighton and you've got 50 million in your pocket, you'd go for someone like Bissouma who had a really good game um, a couple of Bro, That's especially yeah. when you've got you've already got Saliba. Mm. Like he, you might as well give Saliba a shot and, and put the 50 mil towards Bisuma. But uh, yeah. And even I when you've got all these players on available, like Sal's available, uh, Ruben Neves is available from Wolverhampton as well. Like the manager said he's is up for sale. But yeah. there's so many people available that I thought could have gone to Arsenal to make them be- uh, bigger and better. But um even players like Reese Nelson, like I was really excited when Reese Nelson came back from Hoffenheim. He's barely in the squad these days. Or I know you got nine subs, but he's barely getting any game time, and it's gonna it's gonna be quite sad because he went out the same time uh, Jaden Sancho went out to uh, Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was doing just and as they're, good. They're at very close friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's doing just as good, and he's We've, barely getting any game time. You know, and Joe Willock's gone to Newcastle as well, so that's another creative attacking midfielder that I wish could have done really good at Arsenal, but now he's off to Newcastle where they play five at the back, and he's gonna have how, to save them all the time. How I summarize Arteta is. He come in, steady the ship, eighth. Mm. Had a whole season, eighth. Say no more. That's it. That's him, isn't it? You know what I mean? Mm. What more is he going to do than that? He's had his whole season. When he come in, he steady the ship, he finished eighth. What, I don't know what, what, what more I'm expecting from Arteta now, really. Because that's, that's, that's when you look at the managers that are available. Like I see Antonio Conte available after his 
turmoil turmoil at Inter Milan where they didn't back him. They knew that they're gonna have to sell Lukaku and Akimi, and Conte was like, "No, we can't have this because we want to challenge for European titles again." But Conte being available, I know he's ex Chelsea, but realistically. He would be an upgrade from what you've got at Mikel Arteta. You may play defensive football, you may not be playing the most attractive football, but you'll be getting results. You'll be challenging for European places again. Do you guys kind of agree with me on that? Or do you reckon there's another manager out there? Or do you reckon Conte would be the ideal replacement for Mikel Arteta? I would get I would get Conte in, but it's never going to happen because Conte, with Conte, every club he's been to, he's always had disagreements with the board. And I don't mm. think the Conkeys would like that sort of authoritative figure, like bashing them all the time. Um, Conte would also cost a hell of a lot of money, so I don't think that would happen. I would love him to come, but I just that, that's a non-starter. Um, yeah, with with regards to Arsenal, it's uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if you've seen there was a news about this Qatari investment that might buy Arsenal. Oh yes, 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 hoping, yes, I heard you see that. Is that is like, oh, I'm ready yeah, to buy so, Arsenal or something? Some, and some Qatari billionaire has went out and just tweeted a couple of things about oh yeah, I might buy Arsenal because I'm an Arsenal fan. But so, he's um, they they're like. They're, they're worth billions, bro. Like, they're like 300, 400 billion. And it's the prince of... Um, is it Bahrain? Is it Bahrain or is it Qatar? I can't remember. I, th- I, think, I don't think it's Bahrain. I think Qatar. it might be Qatar. Qatar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm just... Kez's it, eyes just lit up there when you said 300, 400 billion. Nah, like, I, we I, could I, be I saved. It, we nah. could be saved. Bro, I believe it when I see it, but these men have just zapped the life out of the fans, man. It, it's mm. painful, painful to watch every week. It's draining. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't even, I don't even wear the shirts anymore, man. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't wear, I can't wear the new shirts. I'll wear the, I'll wear the Nike shirts. Yeah, like, because yeah. I'd, I'd happily wear the Ian Wright back in the day shirts. Yeah, because like, he, he's like, he's Ian Wright in it. But like, yeah. when I'm wearing, when I, when they're um, releasing new 60, 70, 80 pound bloody kits, yeah. <laughs> That blue one with that I'm personal not, I'm not, little design I'm not, as well. I'm not wearing that. No, I hear that. And the yeah, kids are always lit as well. It makes it even more annoying. <laughs> They're always lit. And also the, the cannon's the wrong way as well. I don't know why they changed the cannon. But yeah. yeah. Rebranding. Rebranding right there from Arsenal. Um, but yeah, that was um, how I kind of see with, with Arsenal going forward. It'll be good to see how they go over the season from an objective point of view. But realistically, think thinking from listening to both of you Arsenal fans, we're both passionate Arsenal fans, you could be in for a tough season. So let's see what the rest of the Premier League has got to offer us this Saturday. So we've got Aston Villa versus Brentford. So Aston Villa, obviously, without um, Jack Grealish nowadays. So it's going to be quite fun to see how Ings um, and Buendia link up as well. El Ghazi and Traore might be on the wings because I think uh, Leon Bailey, their new signing, is out injured. So um, Brentford as well, they beat Arsenal. How were they when they played against Arsenal? Because I didn't watch that game. Uh, because of my but were Brentford like a, pro- a proper possession team? Were they more um, energy they, based? How did they kind of? Play? They were Brentford. What they did was against any team that played Arsenal, we just bully them. Like mm. I was surprised because I thought uh, Brentford would play a very like a passing game, like one touch, two touch. But they they were putting balls in behind, man. Like I didn't expect it. Like Thomas Frank did his. He's a very good coach, by the way. I've seen some of his um interviews and like his you know methodology and the way he coaches. He's a very, very, very good coach, and like the one thing, the one thing I like about him is that in the championship, Brentford, like in terms of playing football on the deck, they were very good, and that's why I expected them to play that that against us. But they changed their game plan and they went a bit more direct, and they were still effective. Um, yeah, because when I saw them, la- I saw them last season in the League Cup against uh, Spurs when they're playing at the Spurs yeah. ground in the quarterfinals, and they were playing long balls in the back to. 
Um, the Silva who's running from midfield, you had Ivan Tony yeah, yeah, of course yeah. as well. Um, I think, excuse me, you had that Umbuemu, that that winger, that French winger. But that's all I could kind of see because yeah. like, having it from Henry, who's that left back, whipping it all the way in um, to the three in the in the in the back. So, do you reckon they could kind of do that against the likes of Mings against Concert because do you reckon they could actually get past this mm. Villa backline who are a bit more intense and a bit more um, aggressive, really, especially with Martinez in goal. How do you guys kind of see that? Yeah, I think um, Villa's back line is solid, but they've shown some frailty against a newly promoted side already in Watford. Mm -hmm. Watford did manage to score three against them. Um, I've tipped Ivan Tony to get a few goals this season. I think um, I, I like the way Brentford my fantasy play. team as well. Yeah, I, same, I same. Well. Same. I think um, Brentford are going to cause a few teams problems. Um, you're right, Mahir, um, in the sense that they do normally play that possession-based football, but I think they're going to have to adapt their game in the Prem playing against better teams mm. because um, trying to play ball against teams of better players isn't always going to work too well for them. So I like the way they've adapted as well. Um, yeah, I can see them scoring at the weekend, to be fair. Can't, I don't know if they're going to win the game, though. I can't see them winning the game. I think uh, Villa win that one comfortably, to be fair. Yeah, Villa at home. I'm going to go for something like a 2-1 Aston Villa win. I reckon Brentford will score, but I reckon Danny Ings, who's just carrying on his form from last season in, in this team as well with the attacking talents they have, even without Grealish, I think they're going to be okay this season. I think it's going to be good to see Aston Villa play the style the way that they have been under Dean Smith. So I'm going to go for an Aston Villa win. Mahir, what would you reckon? Villa or Brentford for that game? Uh, I hope Brentford win because I can't stand Aston Villa, especially after the summer. So I hope they get relegated. Why after the summer? What have they done to you? Because I, really I don't know. It's not yet. It's like, you know, I don't know if you've seen social media, but you know when they were getting Emil Smith-Rowe, they, they were thinking they were getting Emil Smith-Rowe. Their oh, fans really? started piping up. Their fans started piping up as if they're some big, massive club. And like, yeah, they won the European Cup, but like my dad was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> a teenager by the time they won it so it's like they were like oh we'll take Emma Smith Rowe or we took Martinez and they were just I don't know man they just they just need to put they, they need to put them I just know they, they, they're like one of them clubs here that they're a big club but they they think they're like Liverpool standards Man United <laughs> they still live in that past where yeah. they won a European Cup and they think they're like this God's like they're like, they're like elite when they're not. They've been relegated. They won the championship the year before. So yeah, yeah I can't stand that man. I was in not I was in Nottingham this week and I went past the Nottingham City ground and they won two European Cups as well. So I'm like, these are they they these fans could pretend they're bigger than Man City and and Chelsea and all these yeah. teams that haven't won the European Cup. But I'm like, they're just in the championship as well, which is which is what it is really. Um, next thing we got is Brighton versus Everton. So I quite like um, Graham Potter and I like the way that he plays football. Uh, I think it will be a yeah. good season for Brighton. I reckon they'll survive. I don't reckon they'll go down. Um, but obviously, if you're familiar with the whole term of XG, expected goals, like some Molpe, Trussard, uh, Aaron Connolly missing a good chance the last game as well. Um, and obviously, Basuma, who we mentioned earlier in, in the podcast, he's started the season quite well. He's still, I reckon one more season at Brighton will do him good. But I reckon that this summer should have been the summer where Arsenal and Man United or even a Spurs kind of, kind of swapped, uh, swoops in for him the 40 50 million it would have been good to see how he did but on the flip side you've got Everton with Rafa Benitez who we thought um wouldn't have the best of starts or I thought wouldn't have had the best of starts with the likes of Demara Gray Townsend coming in but they seem to be shrewd buys and they reckon I reckon they were good signings for him as well but James Rodriguez I don't really care about all the off the field chat that he has focus on the team that we're watching Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison just carry on doing what they're doing as well but um, Mahir, how do you see how do you see this game going? Brighton versus Everton. Brighton oh, this is a good game. Yeah, yeah good game. Um, Brighton at home. Uh, yeah, Brighton they play they play quite attacking football. Um, with Everton under Benitez, I feel like with Benitez, he might he's 
because he's such a pragmatic sort of manager. I feel like with him, he needs time to get his ideas across to his Everton team because um, with Everton, they're not they're not that great defensively. And with Benitez, he prides himself in getting those clean sheets. And uh, they conceded two against Leeds uh, last week. Um, and I feel like, I think Benitez will come good in terms of he will get that solid foundation. But because it's too early in this season, I don't think his ideas will come across that well. For Brighton, will win. Uh, maybe up to one. Yeah. How do you see this, Kaz? How do you see it going? Do you reckon it'll be a Brighton win at home? Or do you reckon Benitez can kind of sneak that win or go for it? A... I was uh, leaning towards more of a draw or a Brighton win. Okay. Yeah, I don't really think Everton will win it. Uh, Brighton have started very well this season and playing at home, I'd probably lean more towards a um, a Brighton win, but I could definitely see a draw in this game. Yeah, I reckon it'll be something like a... I reckon it'll be a 2-2 draw. It'll be like a 3-2 Brighton win. I reckon with... The clash of ideologies from Graham Potter and Rafa Benitez, just like how Mahra said with the pragmatic way they, that they play. Calvert-Loon will get on the score sheet. Uh, but I reckon with Brighton, if they if they are going to win a game, it'll be a lot more at home this season with the likes of Graham Potter and their expansive football that they like to play. A bit of free, uh, free flowing with Connolly and Malpe up front, which would be quite good um, to watch as a neutral point, from a neutral point of view. Then we've got Newcastle versus Southampton, which I believe would probably be the most boring game of the week because every time I see Newcastle play, they are boring, like legit. Like, I want them to be, at least from an objective point of view, to be a bit more entertaining, to have a bit more free-flowing football because you have players like Wilson, St. Maximum and Joan Willock uh, there who are, objectively, they're quite fun to watch. Like Callum Wilson used to be a really good goal scorer for, uh, for Bournemouth. St. Maximum is one of the last few entertainers that I kind of see in the Premier League when you see someone who's just enjoying yeah. his football, a couple of stepovers, fancy tricks here and there. We don't really see that as much because you've got people playing within systems for managers. And then you've got Joe Willock, who both of you guys will know, um, leaving Arsenal officially on a permanent deal to kind of play. And he won't even be in the starting lineup. We'll play that Almiron or Shelby in midfield as well. And you've got the back five that will just sit there. And realistically speaking, I see it being like a nil-nil draw. That's how I see this game going. I don't think it'll be entertaining. I don't think there'll be much coming from Southampton because they did play well against Manchester United last weekend. I think they could have they could have stole that win of that Adam Armstrong chance where De Gea made that little save at the end. Um, but realistically speaking, I reckon Newcastle will go for a draw and I reckon Steve Bruce will be happy with a nil-nil or a one-one draw. Um, Mahir, how do you see this game going, Newcastle versus Southampton? Um... I think Newcastle, they've got their fans back, which is a big plus. Mm. Um, I don't know. I've, I've, Callum Wilson, um, he, 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 had a, he had a massive chance uh, last week. He did against Aston Villa. He just, yeah, he just yeah, yeah, yeah. over. Crazy. One-on-one. Yeah, on one. You expect bit, him to finish them. Yeah, yeah. So I'm surprised about that. Um, Steve Bruce, I don't rate him as a manager at all. Mm. But uh, when it comes to this game, it's a hard one to call because I thought Southampton would get blown away by United last week so they, uh, I everyone, see as a everyone believe that hype everyone believe that hype to us beating Leeds and oh we're back we're title contenders but for me I was just there like we did it last season but we I think it's second. because it's also the summer that you had yeah yeah mm. it, it was one of them ones when you got oh yeah, I think Sancho got Varane you, you know Sancho, Sancho Varane etc yeah, yeah. having a good year but then you're place. like and then but then you realise why and then you you realise why because you see Fred in the starting lineup, so then you, it makes sense yeah, I said at the beginning of the podcast, I was like, we've got, we've solved two problems, but now we've got three. 
still got the strikers yeah. to deal with, got the holding midfielders to deal with. And we're looking at um, McTominay and Rashford up for still quite a while. So we're even thinking who we've got, Matic and Fred. We're not challenging for a title with Matic and Fred as, as our holding midfielders. And Van der Beek doesn't even get any minutes, even as a sub. We've got nine subs on yeah. the bench and Van der Beek still doesn't get any game time. So that's kind of how I see it. Um, we're going to skip through these. So I'm going to go for Norwich and Leicester because how do you see that game going? So Norwich are at home against Leicester. Um, Vardy, Madison, Perez got um, sent off against West Ham as well. And they lost to West Ham, obviously, 4-1 the other day. So how do you see Leicester trying to bounce back from this game against Norwich? I, I do see Leicester bouncing back. I think um, Norwich are a team that tried to play. And as a result, they do they will present you opportunities to score. Yeah. Um, but having said that, I do feel they, they, they can score themselves as well. So I'm going more both teams to score and Leicester to win here. I think that'll be a 3-1 Leicester. Yeah, I, I do like Brendan Rodgers' style of play. I like how um, expansive his football is and I like the signings that he gets in as well. So Samara is someone that we've all known from like career mode and football manager and Lille. Obviously leaving Lille to go to Leicester was a bold move from him because he was leaving Champions League football in the Champions of France. So for him to go to kind of still bide his, his, his way in at Leicester, still not making it into the starting lineup as of yet, because you've got Tielemans and Ndidi there who are just as good as any of the mid-table uh, top half kind of centre midfield pairings. And even those two would be much better than Fred and McTominay, the way I see it personally, objectively speaking as well. Well, most teams have better midfielders than Fred and McTominay in the midfield. And I'm the Man United fan speaking on the podcast, so that's how I see it. But yeah, I see, I see Leicester winning. I see Norwich kind of the team that are going to go down and I reckon they'll be close to the bottom quite a lot this season. Uh, Maher, West Ham versus Crystal Palace, London derby. So I know for a fact that you're not you're not very keen on West Ham nor of Crystal Palace as well. But how do you kind of see uh, West Ham versus Crystal Palace going? Because I reckon West Ham, they'll carry on with their good form, but it just takes one bad injury yeah. to Antonio and that's their good form kind of gone, really. And I don't see Lingard going as well. How do you kind of see the West Ham Crystal Palace game going, Maher? Yeah. But to be honest, I've got a soft spot for West Ham. Um... Oh, of, is, all, think, of, all, of all the London teams, you have a soft spot for West Ham. West makes... Ham, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't. It's, I think it's because they're like very like they're from the East End, very like. Do you know what I mean? They're gritty. Fam, they're family I mean, I orientated go, as well. I, I I've been to Upton Park before, yeah, the bowling mm. ground, and it's like it was such a like experience of like you know you know when you think about football in England, West Ham is like the club that you go to, like where it's like that is that is what you do. English football, it's like bangers and mash, pie and chips, whatever. We're fighting each other. That's, that's what West Ham was. And I, I went there and I was like, rah, this is what you call English football. That's why I have a spot, a soft spot for them. Like, there's so many grounds you go to, and it's just, it's all squeaky clean. It's all. Uh, they're more, they're more um, theatres than prawn football sandwich brigade with, <laughs> mm. I yeah, see that. Yeah. You get you get loads of um, tourists at Old Trafford now as well. Even with the fans coming back, you got people with their cell phones with their GoPros and cell phones. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not American, but like mobile phones and yeah. their GoPros and their cameras. And you're like, yeah. for God's sake, watch the game, not just stare at your phone. Like most people exactly. do, but you, I don't think you'd get that Upton Park. And even at the Olympic Stadium, it was buzzing on Monday night, and it was good to see. Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good to see the the fans kind of get back, and it was good to see Mikel Antonio, Bowen, uh, Ben Rama coming into. Ben Rama's well. coming. Yeah, he's coming too. Good. Ben Rama, yeah, I've always said it. I, I think we should have signed him that January when West Ham signed because I, I remember um, I think the window closed and uh, we could sign the championship players um, even the deadline passed and I was screaming out for Ben Rama. We needed a creative midfielder and I thought Ben Rama was a good player to have. Um, last year, he was 
he was all right. He wasn't contributing anything. But I feel like this season, we're going to see some serious techers from this guy. Ooh. This guy's a baller. You know, yeah. North Africans, yeah? The amount of technical <laughs> ballers that they produce, like Algerian, Moroccan, like, they're, they're always... They're, Always produce te- technically gifted footballers, and he's another one that comes up from that line. He's um, an improvement Bond, from yeah, he's an improvement from Fenguli, who is their last North African winger that they've got. But you've got like the likes yeah, of yeah. what Mares, Mo Salah, uh, Adel Tarat, obviously Adel. from back in the day. Even he's in the good French, company. even the French Alger- even the France national team, the Algerian ballers that they had, like yeah. uh, yeah. Ben Arfa, uh, Ribery, like these, they always produce those type of players. But Benzema yeah, with West Ham. Right. Yeah, yeah. With West Ham, um, I feel like David Moyes, this is like, this reminds me of the David Moyes at Everton, where they're like, hard to be. After Everton, he went United, he went Sociedad, he lost his way. But this this reminds me of like, where... It's so like that, hard, Ar- like, that Arteta, that Cahill, yeah. that, that Fellaini type of Angelo that Ball. you had as well. At the back. Mm. And Craig Dawson. Yeah. Um, the best players. Like, Craig Dawson. Like, come on. Uh, but yeah, I feel like West Ham will have a good season, to be honest. It, j- it just depends how they um, juggle the Europa League. Yeah, that's true. Kez, uh, I have a question with for West you, Ham, actually. With West Ham... Sorry, carry on with what you're saying. Don't ask has a question. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I was just gonna finish. I was just gonna finish with West Ham. What they need, need what they need, um, and that's probably why they need Jesse Lingard. Did. I don't know if they will get Jesse Lingard or not. You probably know more than me on that one. No, I, I think Lingard, for the sake of his career, would be better at West Ham because it's just going to be a bench warmer at Manchester United. But Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has loved him since his academy days and when Solskjaer was the manager of the academy as well. So it's going to be it's going to be one from there as well. But um, kind of sidetracking from, from the preview, but because how do you kind of see the likes of Arteta compared to David Moyes? Because when you see how they both kind of came into a team where their boards are a bit, well, not, not a bit, they are a bit... Um, annoying to the manager they they like to have things their own way and Arteta's dealt with it one way but Moises also dealt with it his way but do you reckon the fact that even though they still have kind of got players that they wanted do you reckon Moises has kind of done an, an exemplar an, a good example of how to kind of deal with the board like they got rid of Dian Garner last summer and they got in Ben Rama which is good they haven't signed a striker which is wanted for ages or another established sense of that but they're still kind of going for it with these shrewd, uh, shrewd kind of signings Obviously, Kufal Suchet, we mentioned last season as well. Keeping Declan Rice seems like a big thing um, as well. So how do you kind of see the comparison between like how David Moyes has handled the board with Mikhail Antata and how he handled the board? I think what Moyes has shown is that it's possible to achieve success even with the board acting up. Um, you can do some shrewd business in the market and, and make it work. Um, I think also what we see with David Moyes is the fact that, I've said it for a while, I think that British managers are underrated in a sense. So Arteta has come in and achieved nothing really in the game in managerial terms, um, has been given all this trust and respect from a big club like Arsenal, whereas David Moyes has had to rebuild from the ground up after a bad stint at Man United, regardless of the fact that what he'd done at Everton beforehand. I know Sunderland, he got them relegated, but he's an established manager. He's a good manager um, and he's showing his worth at West Ham. Um, yeah, I like, I like the signings he's made. I mean, he's mentioned a few Kufal, Suchet, uh, Ben Rama. Um, and I look at West Ham now and I think that's, this is a team that two years ago was fighting relegation. 
they're now sitting top of the league after a few games in Europe. You know, I mean, they finished above us last season. So, no, credit to Moyes, credit to him. I think he's a, he's a, he's a good manager and he's shown his worth now. It'll be good to see how David Moyes does with the likes of um, the Europa League coming up for him as well. And just like Mahir said, like, how can he juggle the, the two between them? But the fact that they're in the group stages is, is quite good. It'll be good to see how um, another European team kind of deals with the likes of West Ham because you're kind of thinking it's not a, it's not an English side that we kind of see in, in the Europa League as well. They're not, they haven't been there for quite a while. And when they have been there, they've failed to qualify, like to Astrogogo or whatever that team yeah. was, Astroguru, yeah. something like that. Um, but that's kind of how I see uh, West Ham doing. I think David Moyes will be quite good for the next couple of years at West Ham. But with their board, we never know what's going to happen with the likes of Brady, Sullivan, uh, Gold as well. Um, this one's for all of us. Liverpool versus Chelsea, Saturday night, 5.30. Lukaku versus Virgil van Dijk. And you've got Mo Salah going, uh, facing uh, Chelsea again. This is probably the game of the weekend, objectively speaking, because obviously you've got Man City. But from a neutral point of view, I see this as a Liverpool win. I think the fact that the fans will be back, the fans are going to be really on Lukaku, um, Lukaku's case. They reckon they'll, they'll want to challenge the new boy who's in because like the Leicester fans that kind of challenged Jack Grealish when he came on, they were booing him. But Liverpool fans, they know that he's going to be ex-Man United. They're going to try and get under his skin a bit. But Lukaku is someone that we've seen recently who doesn't really um, fold to that much pressure that we used to see in him in the big game. So it'll be good to see how Lukaku does. It'll be good to see how uh, Havertz and Mount kind of deal with facing the likes of Van Dijk. I think Matic will still be starting. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold's back in the English squad as well. Um, but I see Liverpool winning. I reckon it'll be a 3-1 Liverpool win. I reckon it'll be something that I'm not expecting, but I reckon that Salah, Mane and Jota will kind of do well in this game. If Robertson starts, I'm not too sure, um, but that's kind of how I see it. Uh, because how do you see Liverpool versus Chelsea? How do you see this game of the weekend for, for me? Anyway? You, bro. My money's on Chelsea. I would. I, I said Chelsea for the title, but I reckon Liverpool have this because of the fans, the Anfield crowd. Saturday night, they'll be buzzing for it. Well, this is the first big test. If Chelsea are really title contenders, you've got to go to these sort of grounds and, and nick a result, mm. a draw or a win. Um, and I can actually see them doing that. Um, I've said before, with Lukaku coming in, I feel like he was the perfect piece to the Chelsea uh, jigsaw. Um, you know, they create so many chances. Those uh, even the, They can play a number of ways, counter-attacking with the speed in behind, the, you know, the, the, the possession build-up as well. I can actually see uh, Chelsea winning this game. I'm going 2-1 Chelsea. 2-1 Chelsea. Brilliant. Mm. Maho, what are your thoughts on the game? Do you reckon it could be uh, Van Dijk kind of showing who's boss again against Lukaku? Do you reckon it's going to be a battle of the midfields or a battle of the defences? Because you've got what, Jorginho, yeah. you've got Kovacic, you kind of see um, you've got uh, what Thiago, you've got Fabinho, and you've got Henderson back on, in full fitness yeah. as well. How do you kind of see this game going, Maho? Um, yeah, the midfield, the midfield battle will be interesting. Um, I don't know if Fabinho will be playing um, because wasn't he missing a previous game? Yeah, he was. Because was I father's think I just, death. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that yeah. Was so, yeah. So, um, but Jota, uh, he played probably played Jota. Um, do you know one player that I've been impressed with is the new signing? Is it Shimikas? Mm. He's been. Oh, he, he's looked really decent. Yeah. He was there last season. He just didn't play. He oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, well, I, I thought it was the new signing. Okay, yeah. So Simicast, um, yeah, but um, I think he probably will play Robertson. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, with this game, it's so hard to call this one because you know, with fingers, Tuchel and Klopp, they're very, they know each other very well. So you know, when two managers know each other very well, it tends to be a bit more cagey than it normally is. So mm. I, it might be a bit cagey in the first 
let's say 10 15 minutes and then it might open up because of the crowd yeah um i feel I, you might I, i'm going for one one i think yeah. lukaku's go but I'll, I'll go for one one draw that's why we love the premier league though we love these little battles not just on the pitch but off the pitch yeah. as well and we kind of miss that with Jose, Jose Mourinho not here this season as well because we need that kind of manager that's going to be kind of box office. And I think Klopp and Pep will be at it again this season. And I think Tuchel will get yeah. into, into that title fight as well. That's how I see it personally. Um, Only at the will. Oh, no, no, no. I'm staying quiet on that. I'm staying no? quiet on that. No, it's, it's not happening. It's another season of will they, won't they, and it will be a won't they. FA Cup or League Cup is the best I can hope for. I don't see us winning the Champions League and I don't see us winning the Premier League and I don't see us competing for the Premier League. We'll be at the title race by March. Screenshot this and save this. You'll see, it. You'll see this on YouTube as one of the highlight clips. Um, Mark here, Burnley versus uh, Leeds. Two o'clock on Sunday. Burnley or Leeds, how do you see that? Because I think it's going to be an easy game for Leeds and Mark Uh Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do you know, Burnley have a good home record against mm. um, the teams that are like in the bottom half, mid-table. Um, so, I don't know. I think uh, Chris Wood might do his finger. Uh, Chris Wood is playing against his old club, so he might want to um, impress. Um, yeah. yeah I, Leeds, Leeds, I love watching Leeds play, but I feel like Turf Moor is it's a hard ground to go to if you're a mid-table sort of team. Mm. Um, I'd say... Do you know what? I'll go for. I still put leads. I'll, I'll say two on leads actually. Two on leads. Yes. I'll, I'll say two on leads. Because I'll give you this one. So we've got Spurs versus Watford. So Spurs have won tonight. Uh, Harry Kane scored again in the other European tournament that we don't care about. Um, but how do you see Spurs under Nuno going this season? And how do you kind of see them playing uh, again with the conference lead that they've got to play uh, this season as well? You've got Spurs against Watford. And how do you kind of see them doing this season? Without Mourinho and with Nuno. I see Spurs doing all right, to be fair. I think Nuno's a good manager. Obviously, the news of Kane staying is massive for them as well. Mm. Um, so, uh, to be honest with you, I'll, probably another sixth place finish, I reckon, for them. Sixth yep. or seventh for Spurs. Um, how they fare against Watford? They should beat Watford. Watford will give them a, 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 a good run for their money. Be tight first half, but I can see Spurs putting away maybe 2 0 Spurs. Yeah. It'll, it'll be good to see Kane and Son linking up again. Um, but the fact that Kane staying is, is really big for the, the the whole team, really. The fact that they don't have to then have to panic buy and do one of those Soldado, Lamela, Kirikes, yeah. Ericsson windows where they have to sell someone and buy all these people rushing when the teams that are selling know they've got the money so they can negotiate with higher wages and everything like that. But that's kind of how I see Spurs doing. I don't think they're going to reach the top four this season. I think top six is where they'll fit in quite nicely this season and maybe challenge for a League Cup or maybe an FA Cup. But... It was quite nice to see Nuno back in the dugout at Wolves. And I think he's going to there again in the League Cup as well, which will be yes. which will be good to see. Um, final game of the weekend is Wolves versus Manchester United. So this is something where I believe Ole Gunnar Solskjaer should just forget the game. He should just go to Ruben Neves' agent and Ruben Neves and be like, after this game, move to Man United. We need a holding midfielder. But Tomlin has just had surgery. Fred and Matic can't hold a yeah. midfield to save their life against Southampton who are really good press inside and with Romeo and Ward-Prowse, they dominated us in that midfield from my point of view. You're thinking Southampton, who are a good press inside, if you go against a better press inside at Liverpool, you're done for. Like the fact that you would play a double pivot and you'd go for a nil-nil the rest of last season, like he did, what, Anfield at Stamford Bridge, at the Emirates even. Um, it's, it's not great 
from a Man United point of view, because like I said, you fix two things, three things have become a, a new issue. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer really needs to fix that. And if he had to sell some players or get rid of players on free transfers, he should have done it, but he didn't. Phil Jones is still at the club. Lingard's still at the club. Martial's still at the club. Fred's still at the club. Matic is at the club. And Matter's at the club. Like you like some of these players like Matter and Matic, but they're past their best. And when you're looking at Pep Guardiola trying to get rid of Bernardo Silva to make room for Grealish and for Kane uh, and Ronaldo even, but Matter's still lingering on the bench and barely gets any game time besides the Carabao Cup. You're kind of thinking, why are we paying 180k in wages for someone who was great five years ago, who won us the FA Cup or won us the Europe League, but isn't playing now? It makes no sense to me. And it, it does kind of hurt as a Man United fan because you kind of look at these players' legacy and you're thinking, I don't want you here because your best days are behind you. And it's not a bad thing to say that because when you're looking at someone like Ashley Young, who won the league last season for Inter Milan, Damian, who did the same, Lukaku did the same. Well, Damian and, and Young are kind of past their best. That's kind of how I see it. But at the end of the day, I think Man United are going to win against Wolves. I think it's going to be a one one goal advantage, like 2-1, 1-0, 3-2 maybe. But Man United just kind of need to see how they go for the rest of the season. I think they're going to finish top four. They're going to be fourth or third this season. But like I said to you earlier, Maheran, because the title race is going to end for them in like March. And I don't think they're going to... They're going to compete for any big trophies. But how do you guys kind of see that? And how do you kind of guys kind of summarize what I just said about Manchester United? Do you kind of agree with that? Because we kind of disagree with that. Nah, I agree. But it's hard to sympathize as an Arsenal fan because, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't mind being in your position. But yeah, yeah no, um, I think Oli, he's done well to stabilize since um, Mourinho and whatnot. But yeah, he's not got the quality, I think, to take you guys to the level you need to be at. I mm. think your squad's definitely good enough to be challenging for the trophies that you, you have yeah, no yeah. of. Your squad's definitely... I mean, I don't get how you finished second last year, add Varane and Sancho, and are not title contenders this year. But, you know, um, yeah, I, and I, in terms of the game, I see you beating Wolves. I think um, Pogba and the boys run run away with the game, to be fair. Um, I'll buy a few goals, maybe 2 3 nil. Keep Bruno as your fantasy football captain. It'll get you some points in that game. Yeah. That's how I see it. Mark, how do you see the game and how do you kind of see Man United doing the season for yourself? Uh, I think United will win. Um, maybe 2-0. Uh, with regards to the season, um, I don't know, you know this, this United team just reminds me of Arsenal 10 years ago where we had very good players. But we were, we were good in terms of third, fourth. We didn't win any trophies, but we, we had world-class players, but we weren't that good enough to actually challenge. We'd come out of the title race by February. Um, so it reminds me of that uh, that sort of Arsenal team 10 years ago. Um, I just don't rate your manager. I don't know why he was given a contract. Uh, mm. Well, I do, because uh, you know, he has the, he, there has been progress. Um, however, I just feel like with him, Solskjaer, what, he, so what Solskjaer done well is steady the ship. And then after he steadied the ship, he progressed. He brought in young players in. Um, you played a better attacking football than you did under Mourinho. But then, you, as a big club, you don't just give a contract to someone that hasn't won anything, hasn't proven anything. You say thank you. To, you say thank you to Oligon and Solskjaer for what he's done, and you go yeah. to get Conte in. That's what. Yeah. That's what should have. That's what should have happened. But because Tuchel was available at the, around that time as well, when when he yeah, 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 another yeah. contract, and it was something where you're kind of thinking. It'd be, it'd be a decent man to go for. It'd be someone that but you can go, kind of bring in. That's where the Glazers come in, isn't it? That's where the whole argument about Glazers come in. Mm. Cheaper managers to pay and cheaper but, managers but to you sack also had, if you need to. Um, 
I don't I don't know what your situation is in the board. I, I don't know too much about Man United, but obviously Woodward's gone now, so I don't know who your uh, new man is. Like, so he, he's leaving in uh, December, so he's leaving at the end of the year as opposed oh, okay. to like, the end of the season. So um, we've got... The reason why our transfers have been a lot easier this summer is we've had uh, Darren Fletcher, our former midfielder, and John Murtar, who's another one of our board members. They're specific on the transfer, so Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has a better communication with the board via these two um, people because he knows the players that he wants, he knows the kind of calibre of player he wants, and he knows the type of player that he wants as well. So in terms of negotiations, they know that they're not going to be mugged off like they were with Alexis Sanchez or they were with uh, people like Marcus Rojo or... Certain players that came in kind of got the money, they were happy and they left. Not the kind of ones that want to bleed for the shirt or bleed for the badge. Like we've kind of seen uh, with Harry Maguire, we've seen kind of Daniel James and Wan Bissaka, the kind of signings that Oligan Solskjaer has made. But even last summer, when you when you look at the signings we signed, none of them are starting. Like Van der Beek's not starting, Cavani's not starting, he's, he's hardly here and there when he's, when he's fit. Tellez isn't starting. Um, Igalo was a lone one, obviously, so that's fine. But even that signing Pellistri and Diallo, our young players, they're ones for the future. But you're kind of thinking, we paid 37 million for Diallo. That's like more than we paid for like Daily yeah. Blind, who had a better career at Man United. But 37 million for an 18-year-old uh, winger who we may even loan out this summer because we've got someone like Langa coming through the, the ranks. You're kind of thinking, where does he fit into all this? We've got Sancho in, we've got Elanga in, we've got Greenwood who plays on the right as well, Daniel James as well. It, I don't know where it's going to work, but... That's kind of how I see uh, it under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I reckon we're going to do well, but we're not going to do great. We're not going to be lifting a major trophy this season besides the League Cup or the FA Cup. And like Big Kez said, we were second last season, but we've increased our quality that we have. So we should be doing better. But from what I've seen so far, I know it's only two games in, I don't think we're going to be getting uh, carried away this season. That's kind of how I see it uh, for Manchester United. Right, guys. We're at the end of the podcast. I just want to give you both a big thanks. So thanks, Maher, for joining the podcast. Big Kez from Two Maggies up top. Thank you very much for uh, jumping on. Big Kez, if you have any closing messages, uh, I'll let you close it with whatever you're doing with your podcast this this, um, this upcoming season. Because I've been seeing that you've been doing your PlayStation, you've been playing clubs, which is good as well. We started streaming a bit, but I'm like not very good at FIFA compared to a few yeah, of the yeah. other guys on our pod. So uh, we'll have a game sometime soon, hopefully, which will be good. Yeah, no, nah, bro, just back with the weekly episodes. Obviously, the FIFA, we was we got pro clubs team. So yeah. if anyone's on smoke, then uh, let us know. But yeah, weekly episodes, we're back um, every week. So mm. just tune into the YouTube channel, really, two mags up top. Brilliant. That's, that's, all, really, yeah. that's all good. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for um, following us on our social medias. Thanks for following us through our uh, summer journeys on our YouTube channels of our Friday Night Football, which we've been recording. And I've been popping the GoPro on my head. So I've got a couple more of those before... I finish and I'm off to university, so I can't wait to see um, these last couple of games that I'll be playing. So um, just a shout out to my wife when I just told her that I'll be wearing the shirt tomorrow, so you don't have to wash this shirt twice. So it's all really good. Um, yeah. But thanks everyone for listening. Take care and enjoy your week. Take care. Bye.